0: everyone and welcome back to chatterstorm i'm here with josh say hi josh don't say hi josh just say hi
1: oh man (laughs) you you know me too well
0: (laughs) (laughs) and sam say hi sam oh no wait there's no sam because once again he's not here what is the reason this time josh
1: well as far as i can tell his skin is not a I, I believe the reason is that he wanted his lunch break.
0: Yep. And that's fair, you know. Mm. We all
1: everybody's entitled want to our breaks lunch break except, you know, me and Sarah, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just way more committed to giving the listeners of Chatterstorm a great experience every week. So there you go. Whoa.
1: If uh, if you were committed to giving them a great experience, then you'd miss a few more episodes too. Uh, anyway, good job on the intro. I'm sure that uh, that will shock our viewers.
0: Um, yeah, well, we're switching think, up now. Josh. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe I'll do the intro Sarah's from now and we'll see what you guys think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to it, shall we? Let's talk about mm-hmm. magic because there's a bunch of news uh that's been in this week um yes biggest thing is the uh alchemy rebalancing that kind of Mm -hmm. took everybody by surprise on the 24th so um this was unexpected because we're still quite early on in the kamigawa neon dynasty meta and Mm -hmm. it is too early to rebalance the meta because it's still forming new decks are still coming to the surface Um, new strategies are being figured out, and everything needs to settle before any cards get nerfed if you apply the same philosophy that Wizards of the Coast takes to the banned and restricted announcements. Um, But that is not what they have done here. They have announced an Alchemy Rebalancing, and it is in place now. It has been for a little while, about a week actually. Um, And what they have changed is they have changed cards that are agnostic of the presence of kamigawa neon dynasty um so they have taken a few mechanics and a few odd cards and given them you know a few tweaks uh mostly to make more cards constructed playable so Mm -hmm. if you look through the and restricted announcement um if you just scroll through sarah what's the first thing that you notice
0: um zombies
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Loads of zombies got buffs. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is to give the zombie tribal archetype uh, a bit more of a competitive edge. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we saw this in the last Rebalancing when Wizards gave Adventure a bit of a boost. Um, In this one as well, they have given Ulrund, uh, God of the Cosmos, Uh, Cosmos Charger and um, Vega the Watcher uh, buffs to kind of promote an actual foretell strategy. So Mm -hmm. they're taking certain archetypes that aren't necessarily very strong uh, or don't have much of a metagame presence and tweaking the cards to try to bring those decks into playability, Mm -hmm. um, which I think says a lot about the philosophy that wizards are taking with the alchemy rebalances so what do you think of that philosophy sarah what do you think of not just using alchemy to rebalance and make sure that the game is always fair but actively Mm -hmm. encourage bad cards to see more play
0: oh i think anything that means that potentially means there's a more variety of decks being played is good for me um mm-hmm. i don't like it when i don't i don't, I don't think it will happen with sta- um, alchemy as much as did with the standard but i don't like it when you get to a point where standard is two or three decks i find that really boring if you ever watch like pro magic which i don't a whole lot but that's one of the reasons why i wouldn't watch a whole lot of it because i just don't want to see the same two or three decks being played all the time um so i i think it's a good idea and i think it has worked because like you said this announcement came out about a week ago and i actually entirely missed this um but i have been playing alchemy and i have come across vega the watcher actually quite a bit in the last Mm -hmm. few days um not so much the other two foretell cards that you mentioned but i have like i've as soon as you said that i was like oh actually i have seen that a fair bit so that has obviously worked and people are It's having the effect that Wizards want, which, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, I find the zombie one a little bit odder, just because that feels like a really specific deck they're pushing. Yeah. Like, with Fortel, that can obviously be applied to multiple different decks where you could use Fortel. whereas if you're buffing zombies, you're buffing it for one deck, which is a zombie tribal deck. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing, but I do think that's that's a really specific choice to make. And I don't know if it's because the Werewolves and Vampires set in a Strad, um Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vale was actually a zombie set. And maybe now they're sad that it's not lasted as long as they want it to. So now they're like, oh no, let's make zombies <laughs> really cool. Because come on, guys, we, we hid a zombie set in a Vampires and Werewolves set. Mm. And you're not doing it enough. Because they've buffed, like, eight... <laughs> I was trying to count as we were, like, just looking through. It was, like, eight cards, eight zombie cards they've buffed. Right? That's yes, quite a lot. Yes, they did,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Vega... So Vega, um, the only change that was made is that it got Ward 2, uh, which yeah. is quite relevant because it means mm-hmm. that you can play it and it sticks around and it doesn't yeah. die as easily to removal, which means that, you know, even if you draw a single card off of Vega... Um, mm-hmm you've got on your value out of it it's a three mana two yeah. two that draws you a card uh with flying which is totally worth it uh and the, the that's kind of the flaw on vega now that it's got ward two you're always gonna you i think you're always going to draw a card off of it um and then potentially yeah more. um and yeah what you said there is kind of what i th- think too it's almost as if the department of wizards who are responsible for these alchemy rebalances it's like they're just sat around the water cooler and they're like shall we buff zombies
0: (laughs) what do you think because
1: it doesn't really seem like anybody asked for these rebalances like they were just sort of talking like Oh, uh, is there any deck that, you know, you've played recently that you have tried, to, you know, that doesn't really work? Oh, well, you know, I really like Fortell, but it's not really that good. Hey, we can we can fix that. We can, I, guess what? This that. is why
0: we have Alchemy. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe that's um, it. Maybe they're like, just want to make it really great for them. And somebody really loves zombies and someone really loves <laughs> Fortell.
1: Yeah, I, I would be interested to know, like, they've done a good job of explaining why or how each card has been nerfed or buffed and the logic behind it. But what they Mm -hmm. haven't really explained is what they are trying to achieve with on, on a sort of higher level on a, on a macro level. So why have they chosen to buff the zombie archetype? Why have they chosen to buff the foretell archetype? Um, and things like that. And I guess you could say that the reason is that they had a low metagame share, but 90% of the cards that are legal in any given format have a low metagame share, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so I would be interested to know a bit more about how they're deciding, basically, how they're choosing what gets rebalanced.
0: So, anyone from Wizards, if you're listening, tweet (laughs) us. Yes. Let us know. Just send us the
1: Alchemy (laughs) business plan. Uh, Just, you know.
0: Oh I'd love that. I mean, to be honest, just send us the arena business plan so we can um, tell you. Well, what's the
1: arena with it. business plan is a sort of hastily drawn picture on a post-it note of a person with a Wizards of the Coast logo for a head and a cow. Okay. Uh with a Magic the Gathering player base <laughs> <laughs> written across its forehead. Uh, yeah. And and it's being Mm -hmm. aggressively milked Uh, and that's pretty much the whole business plan i think
0: god (laughs) Um, okay speaking i mean i i think you're right that's that's an image (laughs)
1: speaking of which um i've been doing a bit of research lately for an article that i'm thinking about writing about why alchemy hasn't really taken off um hasn't really been Mm -hmm. as popular as was anticipated um and I came across a a Twitter thread recently uh that Jeff Hoogland put out about the alchemy queue times being really long, which I think is kind of a testament to just how unpopular it is. And you know, he's saying that mythic players are often being paired up with gold and silver players, um, which is a which says to us that the, there's just not enough people playing it. Um and there's a lot of reasons to play alchemy. Uh, but there are, I I think, a couple of very big reasons not to. And I do think that the biggest reason, hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, is the alienating and predatory economy issues um, that we've talked about before, that nobody who plays Arena is going to be unfamiliar with. Um, Do you think that that is the biggest reason why people aren't playing alchemy or do you think there might be something else to it
0: i think that's definitely part of it but that's you could say that for as we said for all Mm -hmm. of arena like we we all none of us really like the economy of arena but we all still play it so i don't know if that's as big of a problem i think it's more of a problem it's heightened in alchemy sorry because of well, the way the format works, how they can rebalance and change cards, it is more difficult to get into. So I guess that's part of it, but I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with what I just said. It's it's just difficult mm-hmm. to get into. I think you have to spend a bunch of wild cards. Like, I've built a deck now which can be played in both Standard and Alchemy. It's all of Tokens, um, and it does okay in both, but that was part of why I chose to build that deck. Like, I've waited a while, built up enough wild cards that i could build a new deck because i was playing is it dragons and was just kind of getting slammed in alchemy because it didn't really have any cards that were in alchemy it was the standard list that then got made worse with the changes they made to like goldspan dragon and stuff um and i think trying to think when i have a better time playing when i I, the queue times is definitely right that is for sure 100 as someone that goes between both as why not um the huge times are longer with alchemy and i hadn't realized that yeah so yeah i guess the economy of arena is shit and it's made worse with things like alchemy that are harder to get into and standard is remained good enough that it's not that al- it hasn't been pushed out by alchemy because that's what we thought right we thought well we, both formats can't survive everyone will just play alchemy and they'll just have to deal with the fact that it's shit and then it'll be really popular but i think people have a- actually gone no i don't want to do that we'll all still play standard and now standard seems to be just as popular as it was before i don't feel like it's affected by no, alchemy at it, all. i don't think
1: it has i think that um I, I don't think that wizards were expecting everybody to just step away from standard uh but i think they were expecting alchemy to be a lot more popular than it is um I do think one of the big reasons for people not adopting alchemy is, uh, other than the economy, is actually the rebalances have been shown to be frequent and somewhat drastic in some places. Um, And Mm. I don't know about you, Sarah, but when I used to play a lot of standard, um, I used to find that it was quite hard to keep up like only the most serious of and dedicated of magic the gathering players can keep up with standard set after set as the meta changes and then Mm -hmm. like uh rotation comes around and and it, it all happens very quickly like there was no alchemy last year and i think everybody was exhausted by the amount of magic products that were out um standard is already it's already a job to keep up with standard Um, And then you introduce alchemy, and it's like just rebalancing these cards is like completely shifting the metagame. It's basically adding a bunch of new cards to the format that have to be relearned. You know, they're similar to other cards, like the rebalanced cards, they... You could think of them as just new cards, because even when new Magic cards are printed, most of the time they're similar to cards that already exist. So you can think of these rebalanced cards as just new cards that have been put into the format, um, and that has to be exhausting. Like it's got it's got to be really hard to keep up with every card in Alchemy, um, and when you're really into a format, knowing which cards are which and what uh, trying to predict what your opponent's going to do based on their deck and like how they're playing is a very important part of high level play. Mm -hmm. That's got to be really hard with uh, things being rebalanced. Yeah. Especially if you play standard and alchemy, like the, the mental flexibility that you would need to remember that you're playing alchemy. And so certain cards that have the same name do a different thing.
0: A different. Yeah.
1: I think it would be really tough. Um, Yeah. And I think that's a big part of it as well.
0: Mm -hmm, i agree i mean i never played competitive standard and by that i mean when we first started playing magic it was standard and you and sammy and others would go to fnm but i was too scared to play against people that i didn't know so i had a standard deck but just played it against you guys and it probably like i had a few and they probably weren't standard legal like i
1: don't think we were were. (laughs) they were kitchen table decks
0: yeah like, they would have started as, like, standard legal, but I didn't change them, like. Um, but I do remember you and Jordan and Sam, like, just constantly having to change your decks and it just seeming like such a money-heavy investment. And time-heavy as well. Yeah. To, like, make sure you had the best deck. And it's easier on a reader. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it's not. It's easier for me because it requires not having to buy physical things, which makes it a little easier.
1: Yes. And it is easier to manage your collection. And of course, you can Mm -hmm. have the same card in multiple decks, which means you can have a bunch of different builds and flick between them very quickly. So yeah, there are advantages. Um, Like, Arena is more efficient for testing if you can get into a game with your friends, which...
0: Yeah, but I think actually getting the specific cards is actually harder because you can't just...
1: You can't just buy cards, yeah. arena is more expensive, for sure. For sure. Um, if you consider time a mm-hmm. commodity just like money, which everybody should, um, then it is much more expensive, expensive. than Paper Magic. Yeah. And Paper Magic is <laughs> really expensive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so... That's the big news, uh, this alchemy rebalance, and there's a, a bunch of, uh, different changes. So uh, also notably fires of invention is being rebalanced and put back into historic, which is pretty dope. Tamra's yes. tyrant has been nerfed, which is also pretty dope. Um, and then it's just a few random cards. There's one card that stands out to me, um, which again, I think says something about the philosophy of rebalances, um, and it's tireless angler. So Tireless Angler used to read, whenever an island enters the battlefield under your control, draft a card from Tireless Angler's spellbook. And it's a three-mana, one-four. Um, now it reads, whenever an island or swamp enters the battlefield, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, So they've just added swamps onto the uh, ETB effect of Tireless Angler. And the justification they have given for this is, we felt Tireless Angler triggering off Swamps would be a flavorful addition that would also allow the card to see play in more decks. Um, And so unlike buffing a whole archetype, they have given a buff to a single random card, which I find quite interesting. Um, And the change honestly seems to be more flavorful than mechanical. Like they have barely buffed Tireless Angler, Um, and i think this is interesting uh, because this seems as the justification says like a uh, a rebalancing for the sake of flavor which i don't know what that could mean i mean that kind of just means that anything is on the table with rebalances
0: yeah but i think i think we know that well I I think we should expect that with alchemy is if you're going to make a digital only format and you're going to allow cards to be rebalanced, it gives them the freedom to Mm kind of do whatever they want. Um, I do think it's, I don't know how I feel about a flavor rebalancer. Cause like you say, adding swamps is not, it feels like they just really want that card to see play. And I don't know if it's because it is like an, cause it's an alchemy
1: like, yes it original is, uh, card right uh, yeah, i don't know alchemy. if that's
0: the, the right thing for it God. um alchemy only yeah so maybe they just really like the the drafting a card from a spell book because mm-hmm. that's on a couple of different alchemy cards um maybe they just really want tireless angler to have more play because i don't even really say that it's that flavorful like rogues are played in blue black
1: you can fish but it's in not a swamp
0: like... i guess but you could fish in a mountain yeah
1: like... could you
0: oh, could you, you I mean you need mountain. like a
1: really long line like mm. the dreamworks kid
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose, I suppose i suppose you can you can fish in a swamp yeah i don't know if feels like a bit of a reach for a flavorful
1: (laughs) it does it's not even a very (laughs) flavorful change but it seems more like a flavorful change than a mechanical change to be honest um i I just think yeah i think it's interesting i've not quite decided what this means for the alchemy rebalance philosophy but i think that this sets an interesting precedent just whacking swamp Mm -hmm. onto this random card.
0: yeah yeah, I do. That's that's literally how it feels, though. It that phrasing of just whacking swamp onto this random card feels like exactly what they've done. Mm-hmm. Like I can't really see the reasoning behind it more than just. Oh, this would be better if it has swamps because I mean, obviously the card is better if it triggers off more things. But I don't know. It just it feels like a really weird one.
1: It it, it does. I totally agree. Um, okay, so. Something else I want to talk about, Sarah. We're changing topic now onto card prices. Mm -hmm. This is going to be our MTG Finance section of the Chad Storm podcast. Um, Do you know what the most expensive normal card is uh, from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty? So we're not talking about alternate arts. We're not talking about misprints. We're not talking about foils. um, Just normal art, non-foil, black border a neon dynasty card do you know what's most expensive
0: well i think i feel like it might have changed but it was the green legendary land right i can't remember yes. what it's called off the top of my head
1: well say who endures she definitely could remember she yes. just couldn't pronounce it um
0: i couldn't yes, remember Bose... i tr- Bose... tried to google it but i, <laughs> I didn't know how to google
1: but say who endures um
0: Baseju who endures, there you go, I said it.
1: Oh man, you're going to edit the episode too, so you can fiddle it around (laughs) make sure that it doesn't sound like we just had this whole dialogue. Yeah, I'm just going to say it again now. now. Um,
0: I think the card that it was, I think it may have changed now, but the card that it was was the um, legendary forest from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. But who endures?
1: It's actually not a forest, thank you very much.
0: Is it not? Um, Oh, it's not a forest, is it? It's
1: not a forest, Fuck it out,
0: fine, whatever.
1: So, anyway, Beseja who endures. Um, <laughs> uh, so, the normal version, normal copy of the card will probably go for about $25 now. Do you know what the second most expensive card of the set
0: is? I don't. I feel like somebody told me this, and it was really odd, but I this can't is remember.
1: correct. But if you were making a sensible <laughs> guess, what might you guess oh, is the second God. most expensive card in the set?
0: If I was making a sense of the The White Land. The White okay.
1: Legendary Land. Yeah. Um I Seat of the Empire. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yep, fair me. guess. Uh what about uh you know one of the mythic planeswalkers? You've got Kaito Isn't the dog the wandering Emperor. It's not the dog. the um,
0: card draw uh, dog.
1: <laughs> spirited companion is the name of yeah, the spirited
0: companion. Uh, two mana
1: one one that draws you a card. Yeah, um, it's not that, although that would be <laughs> that would be great. Um no, I'll tell you what the second most expensive card in the set is. If you're listening, um Hold in the at the forefront of your mind what you believe the second most expensive mm. card is from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and see if it matches up with what I am about to tell you. It is a Shrine token. What? Yeah. Okay, I don't so think I knew
0: this. Actually,
1: <laughs> there is there is a card, a legendary creature in the set uh, that makes Shrine tokens. Um, mm. And the shrine token, which is just a token like a zombie token or a human soldier or whatever, uh, the shrine token is the second most expensive card in the set, going for nearly as much as Poseju who endures. Oh, now it doesn't. Why do anything? It's not a playable card. <laughs> it is a token, and like you could literally draw a like a stick house. On a post-it note and use that as a shrine token in a legal okay. tournament. Um, so there is absolutely no use for this card. So why is it so expensive? Uh, what, well, am I, so
0: I'm, I'm, what am I googling to see it? What, like, is it really pretty?
1: Um, uh, Google neo shrine token. token. Okay. You tell me, is it really pretty?
0: Anyo. Because I was trying to Google and nothing was coming up. Well, it may have come up and it was just so.
1: It is very pretty. This is true. Oh, it but is a very pretty. Tokens, a lot of tokens are very pretty.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not do you pretty think it's worth enough.
1: Twenty five dollars.
0: No, token enchantment creature shrine. Do you know the reason why it's so expensive? I do okay can you share with the podcast
1: very well i shall um <laughs> so they forgot to put it in packs that's basically it so you can get it in set boosters but they okay i don't think it was intentional but they forgot to put shrine tokens into draft boosters which okay. are the boosters that sell the most the set boosters are like the ones that you buy uh, that, like collectors will if buy and there isn't have, a, yeah yeah they, they have slightly better uh, like f- mythic chance and foil chance and things like that i actually have a detailed breakdown on an article that i've written somewhere uh, which isn't very helpful but anyway um <laughs> yeah so they forgot to put it in packs and so, you can only get it in set boosters. And so, there are way, 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 way less than there should be. And for that reason, it is a $25 for... token. It's going for hundreds of dollars in some countries. Um, so, But this is only in America. Uh, so, they only forgot to do this in American printings. Um, in European printings, Japanese um, boosters, it's a normal price. But in America... Okay the uh and i think in south america as well the shrine token is really really expensive which is so hilarious because it doesn't do anything
0: yeah that really that like annoys me and obviously it wasn't intentional um although i could see it being intentional by wizards i could see them doing that um (laughs) because it's like but that's so dumb it's just it's just a token like i don't I don't know. I struggle. I struggle a bit with stuff like that. Like, just because there's less of it. Mm-hmm. If there's less of it and it's a really good card, I, I understand. I, but it purely for the fact that it was left out of packs, it is now stupidly expensive. And it is just a token that does nothing other than be a token.
1: Yeah, you could use literally anything. You could use um, a Monopoly house as a shrine token. You could use <laughs> a random coin in your pocket. You could use the fluff from your belly button and that would be a a valid token um in a magic the gathering game
0: that's gonna that's surely gonna be a short-lived hype though right like that can't surely people will come to their senses and realize it's just a token because actually i whilst the mtg um, mtg tokens that are printed are really cool what is way cooler is all the things that people make themselves, the Etsy tokens. Like, mm-hmm. they're so much cooler. Like, my in my Seri deck, I have animal tokens that are our pets and my family's pets. It's great. They're, like, the best tokens ever. Whenever I get them out, everyone loves them. <laughs> they were free. I just printed them off at my brother's yeah. work.
1: So here's your finance tip, guys. Proxy your tokens. Okay.
0: hmm I mean, proxy your cards if you're not going to play professional. And don't pro- don't be a dick and proxy, like, ridiculously overpowered cards unless your whole playgroup does that. But pro-proxy.
1: Just don't a be a dick. cooler. In general. Yeah,
0: just a general piece of life advice. Don't be a dick.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, practice what you preach, though, Sarah. Anyway. I so, was just about really to
0: say to you, this is specifically aimed at you now, Josh. but. <laughs> Beat me to it, because you're a dick, um, We've got to
1: move on swiftly, because there's a lot of news to get through. Actually, this is the last item, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Streets of New Capenna, which is yes. the set that is coming out next. So mm-hmm. first, um, the Streets of New Capenna pre-release is going to be April 22nd, which yeah. means that- It's
0: my birthday, everybody, so if you want to get me a present, just- uh, Tweet us at Chatterstone Pod and I'll tell you where to send it. <laughs>
1: um, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, the pre <laughs> is going to be on <laughs> April 22nd, uh, which means that we're going to have spoilers. Uh, spoiler season will begin about two weeks before then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, around about the beginning of April. Like end of March, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. We- and we've actually already seen a couple of um, leaked spoilers. And the set looks pretty cool. You know, nothing is official, so we won't talk about the, the leaked cards. because, we yeah. Yeah,
0: because
1: yeah, we don't know whether it's actually real. Um, but mm-hmm. the set looks pretty cool, and it, it looked like on the set artwork um, that was leaked, there was a, like a, a Rolls-Royce-looking vehicle uh, with a demon behind the wheel. Um, okay. But, well, of course, the R- Rolls-Royce has an angel... On the uh, on the bonnet, so on the
0: hood, yeah, it, I like yeah that.
1: on on the hood. Uh, so it's it's, it's an a angel on, and on the hood and and uh, it looks like okay. guns potentially might actually be in the set. Uh, I'm not sure whether this okay. is going to be the case though. It's kind of the, the the leaks that we've seen suggest so, but I don't know whether that is going to run into legal issues. Um, I was yeah world. that was
0: gonna be my um next thing out of my mouth was how how, where do they stand on stuff like that from a legal Mm -hmm. point of view i mean it shouldn't be any different like there's cards with swords and stuff right i'm sure
1: yeah maybe there's there's cards with like blood and guts and and literally the act of people being stabbed and shooting fire at people and things like that but i think that guns yeah i I don't think it really makes sense but i do think that there could be some legal issues around that um because yeah i don't know like um if you remember uh, gallia of the last dance a card that was printed a legendary satyr uh that was printed in the theros beyond death set uh mm-hmm. and it shows like a bunch of satyrs having a party and they're all holding fruit yes um this is so- the alcohol thing right Yes, yeah, originally the artwork showed them all holding uh, goblets of wine and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but wizards came back to the artist and said, that's uh, that's not legal. We can't show alcohol on cards. Um, which is why all the vampires that we've seen are drinking blood. I mean, that's yeah. also because they're vampires, uh, but that's kind <laughs> of a, a way around it.
0: That's how um, they get around it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so they changed it from from booze to fruit. Uh, to And fruit. I think that yeah it's cute There's just it's cute. so many
0: better <laughs> yeah it's just I feel like that's a little bit of the artist going well if it can't be alcohol then it's just going to be fucking fruit because obviously you guys <laughs> don't want to have any fun don't be wrong I-, I I love fruit fruit is great but just imagine like being somewhere and all that like, you're all holding up wine and then all of a sudden it changes to an apple
1: I would I- I'd be on board with that I love fresh fruit uh, anyway, sorry to um, so the pre-release is going to be on April the 22nd, and Wizards of the Coast have chosen to do something very special with this pre-release, Sarah. Very special indeed. Is it because
0: it's my birthday?
1: Yes. Just for you. They've done it's something me. very special. Yeah. Uh, do you know what they've done? Is it done? a bad
0: thing? No, I have no
1: idea. Uh, you tell me if it's a bad thing or not. Oh, okay. Um... So you know how um, new sets come out on Arena? Um, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, normally I think is it a week or two weeks before they actually guess, come out on paper.
0: Um, well, it's a week before pre-release. It comes. So it comes okay, out on Arena. Yeah, so, then a week then, later is pre-release, and then, and then release. And then a yeah. week
1: later is release. Yeah. Um, so the new set will come out on Arena on the actual release date. Which means... The release
0: date, not even the pre-release date.
1: Not even the pre-release. Which means that Streets of New Penna will be playable in game stores on paper a whole week before it's available on Arena. Which mm-hmm. is actually really, really cool. Um, or, oh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's probably subjective whether it's a, a good thing or not. Um, I do think it's a cool idea. Um, however game stores in the uk have had supply issues for a, a little while and haven't been able to get pre-release sets in on time anyway
0: well you so you say that but as we found out a couple of weeks ago it's it's actually supplies in europe there are suppliers in the uk that are fine It's if you're mm. in the uk and get your supplies from europe that's the issue
1: yes yeah this is true um But yeah, uh, what what do you think of this decision? They decided to do this intentionally um, Mm -hmm. to give, uh, I think just to send a message that they're still invested in paper and that paper's not going anywhere. So the pre-release is going to be as normal and the release date is when we'll actually be able to play on Arena, which I do think makes Mm -hmm. more sense. Like it doesn't really make sense that the set would be available on Arena a week early. I think that Wizards did that even though it didn't make sense just to get people on arena now that arena is super popular i think they can go back to how it should have been which is Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um that maybe they have a special event or something for a pre-release on arena but that the actual release where you can actually just play and buy all the product uh is on the release day uh because it Mm -hmm. was just getting a bit weird how like a set could be fully playable and by the time the actual release day came around the meta pretty much been figured out because it's been played yeah, for two weeks. Yeah, so
0: it, when you're, yeah, when you're going to your like pre-release or your release and you're drafting, you already know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I th- I think it's a really good idea. We're fortunate enough um, that our local game store um, pushed, I don't even know if they had to push Commander, I don't know if it just happened, but ever since reopening after COVID, Commander has been kind of the only thing that's they play, so we mm-hmm. haven't there's not been a lull for for Magic, but I think if your game store mainly played standard, um, I think you would have to adopt or die. Really, post COVID, I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, I um, I don't really have anything to back that up, so I could be wrong. But yeah, our local game store pre COVID was all standard. Now it's all Commander. Mm-hmm. So I think this this is this is a good thing to try and get standard played in paper again because i don't really know if it is and again my knowledge is yeah it's a very small pool of knowledge that i'm pulling that from so i could be totally wrong but my experience that is not the truth <laughs> is definitely that standard just isn't played in paper anymore from what i can see
1: hmm. i think it's probably yeah i i, I don't know to be honest I, I i don't know whether that is the case i think that Yes, I think standard is played a lot more on Arena. I know limited it definitely is. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't say for sure. I couldn't say for sure. It's hard to know. Um, but yes, it's exciting news. And it kind of sends the message that Wizards hasn't completely forgotten about Paper, which is good because Paper Magic has a kind of authentic feel to it uh, a and more of a community feel i mean paper magic has a community whereas arena has absolutely nothing it like that yeah um
0: and i think paper is so, better to learn as well like i think if you're new to magic so. you will learn a lot i think so because well i guess it depends how you learn um but i learned passively just from being around you guys that's how i learned to play like where we have taught people since we've specifically sat them down and taught them but if you remember my playing was coming down to the game store with you with the switch and playing mario kart until somebody showed me a deck full of monsters and then i went oh that's cool and they went give it a go and i just played it and learned by you guys kind of talking me through as we were playing it so that worked really well for me
1: yeah
0: i I think i think yeah you learn really
1: well but,
0: uh, uh, I'm, I don't know if you know, but I actually have a Magic the Gathering podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously I'm really great.
1: Um, we um, talk about people,
0: people People. shake when I walk into the game. so They're like, oh my God, no, we can't play with her. She's so good.
1: <laughs> uh, I think that Arena's is actually very good for learning the rules. I myself definitely, um, like my depth of knowledge of the rules of Magic the Gathering um, increased two or three times by playing Arena. Um, like, you, I think it's That's a true. really good way to learn about the stack and, like, because it's yeah. just it's it's quite unforgiving and it always just does things right, so you don't have to ask questions. You can just try something and see what happens. Um, yes, and ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, it isn't a bug. It is a something that you did, uh, and so you can sort of try and piece it together and. Yeah, Yeah, I think Arena's actually really good.
0: I think you get different things from them. You're totally right. Stacks, especially, and the order of things, everything like that, you learn so much better from Arena because it only does it the right way. I think what you learn from playing in paper is what you actually like about Magic, the type of decks you like, because you see a lot more decks and people explain them. Whereas obviously Mm. on Arena, you'll see a bunch of decks, but nobody's telling you about the decks because as you said, there's no community. So yes, the rules and the way things are supposed to happen is definitely Arena. You're totally right. I understand stacks uh, so much better and priority and all that kind of stuff because Arena will only let you do it one way. Um, But knowing what is available to you in Magic and the types of decks and why certain people play certain decks, because I think personality is linked to it a little bit, that you get from playing it in store and on paper with people. So you need okay. both, actually. Mm.
1: It's a mix. And on that note, I think we should wrap it up. So, yes. oh, do you want to do the outro?
0: Oh yeah, okay. Um, thank you for listening, uh, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at ChatstormPod, and we will catch you next week. Bye.
1: Bye. Oh, don't 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 fall over don't die come back okay fine whatever we'll do your shitty version of the intro since you're so smart